Maybe they'd be a little too big when she got older, but now they were beautiful, and she knew it and was proud of it. You could tell that by the way she wore tight sweaters so they would show. She really is growing up fast, I thought, and I hope she's smart because otherwise she'll be coming home knocked up one of these days, even if she isn't fifteen yet. She'd probably left her door wide open on purpose so I'd look in and see her that way, too. She wasn't my sister, really, see, not even a half-sister. She was Mom's daughter. I'd been aid and guardian snot-nosed brat of four when Pop had remarried. My real mom was dead. No, Guardy wouldn't miss a chance to tease me. She'd like nothing better than to tempt me into making a pass at her, so she could raise hell about it. I went on past her open door, thinking, damn her, damn her. There wasn't anything else I could think or do about it. I stopped in the kitchen long enough to light a fire under the kettle so it would start to boil for coffee and then I went back and rapped softly on the door of their bedroom and waited to see if I'd hear Pop move. He didn't, and that meant I'd have to go in and wake him. I hated to go into their bedroom somehow. But I knocked again, and nothing happened, so I had to open the door. Pop wasn't there. Mom was on the bed alone, asleep. And she was dressed all but her shoes. She had on her best dress, the black, velvety one. It was awful must now, and she must have been pretty tight to go to sleep with it on. It was her best dress. Her hair was a mess, too, and she hadn't taken her makeup off, and it was smeared, and there was lipstick on the pillow. The room smelled of liquor. There was a bottle of it on the dresser, almost empty, with no cork in it. I looked around to be sure Pop wasn't anywhere at all in the room, and he wasn't. Mom's shoes lay in the opposite corner from the bed, quite a ways apart as though she'd thrown them there from the bed. But Pop wasn't there. Pop had never come home at all. I closed the door even more quietly than I'd opened it. I stood there a minute wondering what to do, and then, like they tell you a drowning man will grab at a straw, I started to look for him. Maybe he came home drunk, I told myself, and went to sleep somewhere in a chair or on the floor. I looked all over the flat, under the beds, in the closets, everywhere. I knew it was silly, but I looked. I had to be sure he wasn't anywhere there, and he wasn't. The water for coffee was boiling away now, spouting out steam. I turned off the fire under it, and then I had to stop and think. I guess I'd stalled by hunting, so I wouldn't have to think. I thought, he could have been with somebody, one of the other printers, maybe. He might have spent the night at somebody's place because he got too drunk to get home. I knew I was kidding myself. Pop knew how to hold liquor. He never got that drunk. But I told myself, maybe that's what happened. Maybe Bunny Wilson. Last night was Bunny's night off. He worked the night shift. Pop often drank with Bunny. A couple of times Bunny had stayed at our place. I'd found him asleep on the sofa in the morning. Should I phone Bunny Wilson's rooming house? I started for the phone, and then stopped. Once I started phoning, I'd have to go on. I'd have to phone the hospitals and the police and carry through with all of it. And if I used the phone here, Mom or Guardy might wake up and, well, I don't know why that would have mattered but it would have. Or maybe I just wanted to get out of there. I tiptoed out and down one flight, and then I ran down the other two flights. I got across the street and stopped. I was afraid to phone, and it was almost eight, so I'd have to do something quick or be late to work. Then I realized that didn't matter. I wasn't going to work today anyway. I didn't know what I was going to do. I leaned against the telephone pole and felt sort of hollow and lightheaded, as though I weren't quite all there not all of me. I wanted it over with. I wanted to know and get it over with. 
but I didn't want to go to the police and ask. Or was it the hospitals you called first? Only I was afraid to call anybody. I wanted to know, and I didn't want to know. Across the street, a car was slowing down. There were two men in it, and the one on the outside was leaning out looking at street numbers. It stopped right in front of our place, and the two men got out, one on each side. They were coppers. It was written all over them, even if they didn't wear uniforms. This is it, I thought. Now I'm going to know. I went across and followed them into the building. I didn't try to catch up. I didn't want to talk to them. I just wanted to listen when they started talking. I followed them up the stairs, half a flight behind. On the third floor, one of them waited while the other walked down the hall and looked at numbers on doors. Must be the next floor, he said. The one at the head of the stairs turned and looked at me. I had to keep on coming. He said, Hey, kid, what floor's 15 on? Next one.